All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Modcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Betson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? I feel like a seagull. A seagull. And why yeah. is that? I feel like a seagull because I was just in Orlando, and I feel like those are a very sick bird, and they would probably <laughs> be ones that would just like fall over and die. So... Since I came back from Orlando from Nationals, I somehow caught this great ick that's been going around. And uh, I've been trying to fight this for like three, four weeks now. You know, everybody's been getting it, but it finally got me. Finally got me. I guess I had to just be around the thousand, ten thousand people to, to get it. I swear you've, well, you got sick after the Kentucky Open as well, because we all did. You, me, and Aaron got sick. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's just. I feel like every bodybuilding show is just like a cesspool to get sick. And it's a long day. You're you're handshaking and like dapping people up that like, you know, that have tans and stuff like that. Not to say that like people are dirty, but it's like, you know, we can't really wash ourselves and we tan for weeks or not weeks, but for a day. So <laughs> for, yeah. just, can you imagine how smelly somebody would be backstage? They couldn't wash themselves for a week and they're just like got their Dude, tan. Yeah. The stink. I'd well, like, it's like I'd, also... Your your stress is level a thousand the whole weekend and leading up to it. You're not sleeping. You're not eating. It's yeah. like your immune system is in the most compromised position that it possibly can. Yeah, be you in. don't think about that. You know, like as a coach on a on a show day, uh, for anybody who doesn't know how it kind of works, you're kind of on Friday or is usually whenever people are doing check ins for most shows. So you're usually up there helping them to make weight or make sure that they are having their best look, getting checked in, and then. Uh, you're basically controlling things by the meal there to make sure they have the best look possible, which often includes waking up the next morning at like 4 a.m., mm-hmm. maybe earlier for some, maybe a little bit later for some. And then, you know, monitoring things until they go on stage all the way until they get off stage around sometimes 11 p.m. So mm-hmm. I could see immune system getting pretty worked there. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. On, again, on top of having sky high cortisol and anxiety the entire time. Um, I apologize. I've got two dogs trying to wrestle directly under my desk right now for some godforsaken reason. Um, but yeah, congratulations to you and Corey both, man. I, you guys got third out of 39 fucking people. It was 46. Oh shit. I thought it was 39. Yeah. 46 in class B. Biggest class I've ever seen in my life at a national show. And I looked back at Sunday, man. And I was like, Oh, this 46 is ridiculous. And it's like 46, like stacked competitors, not just like 46 yeah. people showed up. Well, that's um, the, thing. the first like four call outs were all people that I guarantee you have won a overall at their regional show. Cause they, I, love how you, I love how you said first four call outs. Like that's yeah. never fucking normal. I would shit my pants. No, no um, it was the toughest in class B I think is just always tougher a little bit for most and has the most because most people fall in those average height ranges. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it's it's always big and we expected it to be big, but we were like they had eight call outs. Eight lineups. So of eight people for the first six and then seven for the, the last two. Jesus Christ. Dude, yeah. I, I, truthfully at that point, how do you even go about judging? Well, that's that's the thing, is like I guess they're looking more structure, muscularity, and conditioning. But I think they did tell us Corey was the most conditioned in that class, but there were two guys that had 
better structure. One was, I think, that Lucas Giannini guy, and he was from Brazil. And mm-hmm. he looked massive, man. We honestly thought he was in Class C, so I don't know how the hell he made weight. He must have had to, like, really suffer. And then yeah. uh, the other guy was Kyrie Cooper that got second, and he has just a ridiculously small waist, great genetics. So, you know, we weren't we weren't upset. We did everything we could and left no stone unturned and left it up to the judges. And, you know, Neil Hill even was like, Great conditioning, which you know, if Neil Hill tells you, you have great conditioning, that's that's you're doing sign. something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked truthfully like night and day from his last showing, which was what ten weeks prior. Yeah, ten weeks is when he gave me the reins. Uh, he actually was planning on not doing that show. He messaged me and he was like, "Hey, man, like, um, he had a coach before and they had been together for years. I appreciate the loyalty, but he was like, "Hey, man, I need a little bit more communication and." Many people know that's what I'm all about. So mm-hmm. he, we transitioned over pretty quick. I figured him out very fast, and it was pretty cool what happened. You know, every week it was just constant progress. Yeah, I mean, he was diced. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I'll continue to praise that because, like, his he was peaked literally perfectly, um, which is fucking cool. So props to you guys. Welcome back. I'm sorry that you got sick. I'm going to have to move this puppy. I'll tell a story in a second. Yeah. Chris is currently moving one of his dogs because it is making like this wild noise. I don't know if you guys can hear it on the actual live stream, uh, but we'll see. You know, it might not come through, but it sounds like a an Ewok or something. All right, and Chris- we're back. So I have I have a great Pyrenees German Shepherd mix named Bob. He's like six months old and has recently found his voice. And so he likes to let you know when there's any minor inconvenience going on in his day. So because he's super smart and he needs a job, I have a lot of enrichment toys for him. But at a certain point, he gets bored with those and wants to wrestle Gru. And Gru is my other dog. He's a pit bull. Gru doesn't like to wrestle because he's a pacifist. So then Bob gets really frustrated. And coincidentally, all day he's been fine. But now that we've started the podcast, he's got a fucking issue. So... I yeah. apologize, but yeah, it's here we are season two. Yeah, we're back. We're back guys. It's been about a month. We've been both extremely busy. I think I went on, uh, I went on my vacation to Los Angeles and we <laughs> were there for a week, which was great. Very cool experience. Highly recommend going out there to anybody at least once. Uh, I will say if you plan on going to gold gym, Venice beach, it's really cool, but the entire surrounding is like skid row. So you would never guess, dude, I went, we went out there and we went to eat this nice breakfast place, like, uh, you know, two blocks away. And we were like, okay, Mm -hmm. a little nice breakfast before we go train. So we're like, oh, we can just walk, right? It's two blocks. And you got a little tiny Laura with me. Well, she's actually pretty stacked, but we shouldn't call her tiny, but, um, you know, she, she's definitely like a little nervous. We get around the corner. There is a tent city of homeless people. And they're all on meth there. Like meth is the big drug in Venice Beach. So I didn't know that. But for some reason, whenever I was in my room the prior night, my TikTok auto-populated with Venice Beach videos of moms trying to get their sons to come home because they decided to go to Venice Beach and become meth addicts. So, yeah. But anyway, you would never guess, man. This gym is nice. But the whole surrounding is tents, and they just decided to um, make it so there's a rule against having camping outside on the streets in Venice Beach. So mm-hmm. now the homeless no longer have homes even further because they don't have their tents. 
So what they are doing is they are purposely committing arson on businesses, standing outside of them and waiting for the police to arrive so that they can go to jail because they have nowhere to live. Holy shit. Yeah. And you have to do like you have to do a big enough crime because if they do some petty stuff, they're just going to let them go. So they're like committing arson. They're doing assaults like it's pretty bad. Uh, we didn't have that any is- issues, of course, in like broad daylight, but it was very that other than the gym, we wanted to go home. We were like, let's go back to Beverly Hills. Like, this is ridiculous. How much isn't a day pass at Gold's Venice something asinine too? Dude, it was $50 per person, but it lasts 24 <laughs> hours. So oh, keep okay. in mind, like if you, if you time it right, then you can probably come for two days. But, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't plan on coming up to Venice Beach for two days. So we just came to wine. So it was a hundred bucks for a day. For one workout. That's silly. I would still go yeah. though. I mean, I would, st- I would still pay for it at the end of the day. Cause I'm just a, a gym snob. Like I have a, yeah, a bucket you know, list of gyms. Of course, we bought some t-shirts and stuff like that. Cause it was just cool to be there. But uh, the gym is actually decent. Like it has got a lot of equipment. It's just kind of randomly set up. Like if you want to look for a piece of equipment there, you're trying to do like a back thing. They're all over the place. Some's outside, some's out front outside. And it has no real like rhythm of setup. So we're like sitting there trying to find something to do for back. And we're like, okay, well this is here. And then as we're leaving, we're like, Oh, everything's outside in the front. No. Yeah. That's, so I don't see my OCD doesn't like when gyms aren't organized by muscle groups, at least in some yeah, that's general like, you know, gist. That's like LAC around here. I, me and Lori just signed back up there. Uh, so a lot of people have been seeing us out there. If you see us, feel free to say hello. But, you know, they have their stuff kind of set up in a pattern. So, like, you know, they have all the leg equipment over in the left corner. Um, they've got the back equipment in one area. They've got the chest equipment in one area. So it, it's pretty well set up for what you're trying to do, which I appreciate, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is. So that's part of, again, why it's been a month since you've heard either of us ramble about things. So I have recently gotten back into in-person training at carbon culture in Franklin, Tennessee. So if you're a middle Tennessee person, you need a trainer or coach, let me know. Um, but they had now they've upgraded to a 36,000 square foot facility. Um, and, and we had like a grand opening with Chris Bumstead and all this other stuff. So I was pretty heavily invested in, helping renovate the gym and obviously like being a part of the Seabum event. Um, somebody did pass out at the event when they saw Chris Bumstead, which I thought was kind of silly. Um, like I love Chris. I adore him. I think we all do, but he's also just a person. And it made me like realize sitting back, like kind of how silly some people were behaving and just being in the same room as him because it wasn't a meet and greet. It was a Q and a yeah. people were like, losing their their ever living fucking minds and it was just a lot so someone did pass out sorry if you listen somehow i don't know um but so that happened i had an athlete compete uh mckenzie in night of champions she did really well i was really really proud of that because i prepped her while in dental school um and i've just been doing a lot of traveling trying to make a lot of life changes trying to be a an adult and shit. So yeah, it's kind of where I'm basically at. we got busy on, cause we always try to record on like a Monday or Tuesday and it just kept happening where it was like Monday and Tuesdays got busier and busier. Like I went to a Steelers, Indiana, Apples, Indianapolis Colts football game on one Monday. So I was gone that whole day. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's really cool to see how much Steelers fans travel. Cause I'm a huge Steelers fan. Sorry if any of you guys are like Bengals or Colts or Titan <laughs> fans or whatever, wherever you're from listening to this. But 
we suck this year, so you can talk shit to me all you want. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure we're not we're not making the playoffs. Uh, we're out completely. So I still, I, my family's from around Pittsburgh area. So it's been something I grew up with. So I finally got to see my first NFL game in 30 years of living. That's awesome, dude. That's yeah, really fun. I went, cool. I went with three Colts fans. So, Ooh, okay. and then we won though. So it was hilarious. That is actually amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, we both have just been super busy and we just kind of both were like, Hey, let's just, when this all gets figured out, let's get it figured out. So some smoke is cleared in my life. I think some smoke is cleared in Tyler's life as well, as far as just like your work schedule is entirely chaotic. Um, I'd say far worse than mine. Now things are better. So we're back. Um, This is season two. And um, today we're going to talk more about kind of qualities to look for in a coach, what to try to avoid. um, As a lot of people are obviously wanting to start their New Year's resolutions or get a head start on their New New Year's resolutions, excuse me. Um, and I think now everybody and their mom has coincidentally became a coach recently, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't mean that literally it's stupid. Um, and so now it's a game of trying to figure out who's misleading who and what to look for to avoid being misled. It's kind of hard. That's the thing is like this time of year is especially the, it's the time of the year where people are like, I'm going to try to make some extra money off coaching. And they try to use their body. And, you know, some of these people I know don't know shit to be honest um yep. they wouldn't know how to coach somebody other than even themselves so let's let's be honest so it, it's crazy to me because you know i i do a mentorship for a lot of coaches and i teach a lot of different people how to coach and they always go out from it knowing exactly what to do but one mm-hmm. of the questions i always ask and i mean i've i think i mentored 36 people now at this point mm-hmm. and out of those 36, there were two who were actually coaching for a couple years before they came to me for the mentorship. And I will never call them out. They know now, but they did not know how many gram or how many calories were in a gram of protein, carb, and fat. That was the first question you asked me. That was the first question I asked Chris on a mentorship and he knew exactly. Yeah. But you know, that that's astonishing me. There are people out there that are trying to help people and they do not know the simplest of stuff and they are trying to sell training and coaching to people. So let, let's talk about the things to look for in a good coach first. Yeah. So I think, and, and kind of, you know, <clears throat> harp on that too, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of people fail to realize is like, I, I do think it's important if you're going to work with a coach that they've had some amount of transformation or forthcoming that they've had to, you know, battle with or deal with um, because it provides empathy, right? Like, yes, I've, I've met coaches who, who truly are genetic phenoms and haven't really had to necessarily like overcome a whole lot. And I don't necessarily, I don't mean that in like an insensitive way, but they just don't, they don't understand because they've never been through it. Right. It's like, how do you know, what it's like, you know, gaining weight after, you know, losing a ton of weight if you've never done it before. And like kind of the feeling that comes with that, like you can't empathize and no, be able to console a, somebody through that. That's a thing. So here for my, myself, for example, and I'll give another example, like I, um, you know, I love bodybuilding. You know, I'm accepting of the fact that if I become pro, that's just a bonus on the, you know, the life goals that I've committed to. But 
I do a lot of my preps just so I can learn more about my body and relate to my clients so that I can calmly talk to them and tell them if something is normal or I can walk the walk with this stuff. And one of the biggest things that scares me is people that have never lost weight themselves or never done a competition prep and they are coaching clients for competitions. Like you can't relate with that person. Like you have no idea what it feels like to get into those low body fat zones where your body is just basically tired all the time. So that's a big thing. If you're going to go for a competition prep coach, make sure they've at least done a competition. That's very important. Um, If you're going to go to a coach that's, you know, general lifestyle, make sure they've at least done something with themselves or as long as they, you know, I know some people are genetically, you know, very good. So they just look the way they do, but make sure that they've at least helped a ton of people that look like you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's like kind of every coach ends up having their own niche in a certain regard. And it's like, my thing is if somebody starts advertising that they're doing coaching, that's fine. Like I had to start advertising years ago when I started. Um, if you have zero transformations to show for your work, you better have a, you're, you had better be your own portfolio as far as what oh, you've yeah. done for yourself. And if you don't even have that, how, and again, everybody's going to find intrinsic value in a coach in their own regard. Yeah. But if you have no transformation for yourself, you have no transformations to show for yourself and you have like no defined education backing, why am I going to trust you to handle my mental, physical, season, hormonal health? I started to cut We should be good. I see what it is. We should be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, I, I made a post about it. It's like, you know, I have a lot of people who are like, Hey man, I want to get started with you like come new year's and that's great. That's fine. But like at the end of the day, and this was even like pre Thanksgiving, it's like, okay, let's look at it. We've got 53 days left in the year. Uh, three of those days are major holidays, which means, Three of those days all allow you to kind of do as you want to do. Um, so that's still 50 days of progress that you can make. It's like seven weeks. You can make a lot of progress in seven weeks, even with those set days. So it's like that shouldn't be the discouragement is, hey, I want to eat myself nearly sick on Thanksgiving. Well, okay, well, we can. I can still make you successful beyond that because dicking off for those three days isn't going to do much, but dicking off for the other 40 you know, 40 some odd days around that is definitely going to cause damage. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I've, I did. I ran into it recently. I was at the gym and I had a someone come up to me um, and ask me. Literally, the question was, "Hey, my I'm having issues with my stomach. Can you help?" I was like, "Okay." Very vague way to ask, but let's dive right into this. And he had told me he was having diarrhea numerous times a day for the last two months, and he's he claims to be a coach and a trainer. I'm like, "Okay, so what?" is going on. Like, well, let me see your plan. So he shows me his plan and it's, I mean, it is not good. It's like every meal was a different protein, carb and fat source for all six meals. So I'm like, okay, we have 18 food sourcing issues that we potentially, I was like, so we're going to have to basically do an elimination diet. And he's like, well, I've done that. I was like, well, okay, fine. And so, um, I started asking him questions and he kept kind of like interrupting me. And I said, okay, 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 let's do this. If, if one of your clients comes to you and they're having digestive issues, which will happen, what questions are you going to ask them to try to kind of pinpoint what the issue could be and how you can solve it? And he's like, well, the first question I'll ask him is what changes they've made to the plan. And I said, buddy, you're the coach. You should make changes to the plan. So what question are you going to ask? And he was like, oh, he's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, if you can't solve your 60 days of diarrhea on your own, you have no business coaching anybody else and he's like he's like well the last meal plan i did worked and i was like did you think to go back to that and he's like no and i was like then you really shouldn't dude i'm like bro if i had diarrhea one time i'm already freaking out let alone numerous times a day let alone numerous times a day for 60 days and you can't figure that out and you think that someone should trust you to be able to make a fucking call Mm-hmm. Yep.
Well, it's like you, you, you get what you pay for, right? At the end of the day, like we're in a highly unregulated industry and I've used this analogy in other episodes before, but the same concept applies. If I want to go get my haircut, I have three options. I go to the barbershop that I trust and I like, I pay $40 for a haircut and I get exactly what I want. Or I go and I, I go to great clips or sports clips to save $20 to get a $20 haircut. And you best believe I just got a $20 haircut or I go to barber school. I invest the 10,000 hours into it and the $40,000 and I become a barber and I never have to have anybody cut my hair again. Cause I'll cut my own hair. Pick one. What makes the most fucking sense? You go to the barber shop, right? Whereas I went to my barber school, quote unquote, for me, I self-taught for a decade and now I teach others because I taught myself first. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's like everybody has a different price point, right? But it's understanding what you're getting into because there's also ne- not necessarily anything wrong with working with a new coach. It's just a matter of understanding that there's going to be some growing pains. And also that's something that I think a coach should advertise is like if you're new to coaching, like you don't have to, this is not a fake it till you make it thing, right? It's like if you don't know, that's okay. You, you shouldn't be coaching, but at the same rate, it's like, don't bullshit people into thinking you've been doing this forever when you don't know how to write macros for somebody. Right. So I think it's, you, you look at different price points. Like that's why I now have assistant coaches with on my team. Cause it's like, Hey, if you can't afford me, I've got people that I've taught how to do this. You're going to get a very similar service and it's at a lower price point. But at a certain point, like it's the same thing with sushi, just cause you bought it from the gas station. Cause it's cheaper. Doesn't mean it's fucking good for you. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, but you see it all the time, man. You see, I, I think where I get perturbed is you see people like if you see somebody and they're they're advertising their coaching and they're saying whether it's a like I'm not a fan of Black Friday deals for my service because that's that's not fair to my current clients. That's not fair for what they're investing in me. And also I'm not gonna like diminish the my value of service because if I think that I should do a 30% off sale, then I think my rate should always be 30% lower than they are. And I don't think they should be, but so that's already an issue that I have with certain people. Um, but also the whole, Hey, if you sign up for coaching, you'll get a Starbucks gift card. Dude, my coaching should fucking sell itself. A Starbucks gift card should not be the reason. Go ahead. Mhm. Yeah. 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 Mhm. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of those things too, with, with that is like, like you said, asking questions, like I love educating people and I prefer, like, I like being asked questions um, for a magnitude of reasons. You know, one of them is if I keep getting a particular question, I know that somewhere in my introductory paperwork, I need to add more on that subject matter. Right. But it's like my, my job is to me, like, obviously all I care, all we, all coaches care about is adherence. Right. But I'm such a type A person where like, if you give me logical reasoning as to why I should eat dog shit out of the yard to make me better, I will, but you just have to give me the justification. So I try to give the justification for all that I do for my people where it's like, this is why we're doing this so that you have an understanding. But it's also, you know, I've had people working with me for the longest standing client I have right now is like almost coming up on four years in February where they have, I, I try to give all of the tools in my tool belt to where someone can be successful on their own. Cause truthfully, nothing saddens me more than a client leaving me and I see them six months later and they've given, they've lost everything. Right. Like it, it sucks, man. Like I saw it recently. I saw a guy I used to work with and I was like, fuck dude. Like, cause I, again, it's like, I, try to invest my heart and soul into these people. And it's like, once I get them what they want and then they leave and then they lose it all. I'm like, dude, what was that worth? Like, so I think, like you said, if, if you question a coach and they say, because I said so, or whatever, something in that regard, you were, you're not in the right hands because my ego doesn't get hurt in being asked a question because that's my service that I'm providing. Um, but then with that too, I think, I think another thing that people should look out for is if, um, and this is just my opinion, right? Like everybody's different. Like I've never seen you or Laura post when you only have three spots left on your roster. I won't, I won't fucking do it because I don't, I don't like closing my books, right? I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is, dude. Like I listen, I've done that shit when I was 18, right? I was like, I only have seven spots available. It's like I had to like my thing is I know what my limit is with currently with my productivity and and time management lack of skills, truthfully. I know how many people I can work with. You know, I've worked with 70 is as many as I've ever worked with. I know comfortably I can work with about 60 people. That's where I, I feel good at. So once I get to about 50 people, I don't post anything about accepting clients because I want to stay close to that number, but I don't want to put it. Cause again, it's like, I don't want someone to like muster up the courage or whatever you want to say to finally reach out to me for coaching and me be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm full, right? Like I always like to be a few shy of that. So I always see people like, I only have seven spots available. I'm like, bullshit. I know you have you have three clients on your roster and you want to get to 10, like just be honest with it.
Mhm. Na. Mhm. Ja. Mhm. Ja. Just don't. Because, like, don't tell me you've only got seven spots available and I've never seen your repost a client one time on your story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and listen, like I said, this is me saying that, like, to a past v version of me. You know, I thought seven years ago that was the play to get clients. Oh, I only have two spots. It's like, dude, you're fucking 18. Like, you, you've, you're, that's not how that works. Whereas now it's like, I don't have to necessarily, like I'm not in, in, in y'all's realm by any means as far as that many clients, but like, I don't have to necessarily be like, Hey, you sign up for coaching. Like periodically I'll post it because a lot of times people think my books are closed and currently they're not. Um, but it's like, you don't, there's, I always refer to it as a used car salesman. You don't need, if you're a good coach, you do not have to sell yourself that aggressively to actually have a full roster if you're as good as you say you are. Um, that's one thing I would avoid looking at in, in the upcoming weeks is like anything to do with like weird free incentives to sign up or that you have X spots available. Or if you sign up today, you can save X amount. Like that's not how this shit works, right? Like, Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah, cuz the the incentive is some of my clients pay super low rates cuz they've been with me for so long. They're grandfathered in and they can keep Like I've got people who do year paid in fools with me and they get their intro rate as many times as they want if they want to keep doing it. And I, I allow it, but it's like, I'm not going to say, okay, my rates are what they're at currently. I'm going to just decide that I'm worth less than I am because I'm not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
No, it's and that that's something that I I hate. I, I really do. I think it's it's just. I mean, it's skeezy. Like at the end of the day, some like I've always had a rule. If someone signs up with me for coaching, like that's that is the professional relationship. That's that will never be blurred because I've never wanted to be that type of coach. Like with my check ins, it's literally says clothing level to your comfort, right? Like. I've got girls who check in with me in Nike shorts. I've got girls who check in with me. They're posing, you know, with their suits. I don't care because I'm never going to ask them for more than that. Right. Cause again, that's not what I'm looking at when I'm looking at a check-in, you know? Um, but I think a lot, again, a lot of people get into this because they think it's a way to like pull chicks or whatever it is. And it's like, dude, like I'm, I just want to produce results and like, like I've coached girlfriends, but I've never dated clients, if that makes sense. Like I've had a personal relationship and then started coaching. It's never been coaching and then personal relationship. Oh God. Oh bro. Oh my God. That's a weird play. I can say with absolute certainty that I don't need to see anybody's butthole to be able to gauge their progress. Now I've seen, I know you've seen mine in quite a few, but that's different. That's different. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Damn. I should have went. I should have went. Now I've forgotten. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because again, it's like, it goes back to it. It's like, when you're looking for a coach, it, again, I feel like in this day and age in social media, you can kind of read someone's page pretty well and get an idea of them. But obviously, I think the first thing that needs to happen is obviously like getting a feel for their page, finding some of their athletes, talking to them, or at least looking at their page and seeing like kind of how they represent themselves, and then scheduling like a consultation call. I think that, I mean, that's what I do for everybody. I do at least an hour consult call with all my people before I even ask for a down payment or anything. Cause I just want to make sure it's a good fit, right? It's like, okay, if you don't like my approach, my philosophy is kind of my, my standard to how I coach people. Okay, cool. I'm going to send you in the direction of like 15 other coaches that I trust because I don't 
the money's cool, but it's not worth me working with someone who doesn't, we don't align anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that that shouldn't be like again, there's 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 there are boundaries that need to be just like again, just preemptively set. Like I don't even like I do all my communication through email at this point because it's like I don't need that's the the one line of communication that I feel as if is like obviously professional and remains professional. Like I don't need to text like I've got a couple of my clients that I will reach out to. Like if my prep athletes, I give out my cell phone number to because I mean, you know how it is like the last two weeks of prep, you're checking in every day, every, you know, numerous times a day with them. Um, so that's a little bit different, but for the most part, like my gen pop people, it's like email only and that, and that's all that it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Mhm. Mm That's yeah. Mm hmm. Mm Yeah, I, I, and I, I agree. I, that's why I actually end up setting office hours is because last year is when my coaching business kind of blew up and I wasn't, I hadn't set enough professional boundaries because much like Laura, I was like, if I'm like, I just like the people pleaser in me, I think was like, if I set these rules, are people going to want to stick around? And so I was having people text me or WhatsApp message me or DM me or this, that, and the other all day, all hours of day and night. And I couldn't keep up with it. I mean, you watched me like I burnt myself out and just had to, I'd, I'd kick, I'd literally had to refund people and just like start from scratch. Um, whereas now kind of the reason that I've set those parameters is because I tend to lose, like, like I have all of my most important text messages pinned to the top because otherwise I'm likely to lose a text message or like, don't even bother fucking DMing me because I'm going to end up losing it or forgetting about it. 
Um, so that's why I just do it all email because it's just it's actually just more effective for me because I get up in the morning. I the first thing I look at is my work email on my computer, and I just already know the list of people that I need to respond to first and foremost, and I can just keep rolling with the day. Versus where I'm, I used to sit there and have to be, go through like go through text update everything, go through WhatsApp, update everything, go through Instagram, update everything, go through the team page. And it would take me hours to catch up. Whereas now I can just know everything is guaranteed in front of me. And then obviously I still do like a monthly call with all of my people at least. But beyond that, I try not to give out my cell phone, my personal cell phone number that often, because it was one of those things. It's like I gave an inch to a lot of people and they took 10 miles. And so I'm like, I just can't yeah. And, and I just can't, I can't allow that. Not, not in the sense of like, I want to talk to all my people, but if I have somebody like if one person takes a mile from me, it's going to affect my workload for five other people on the team in that moment. Right. Cause it just pushes everything back and everything kind of falls through. Um, so that's something that I'm just trying to do because I explain to people, like, I understand these boundaries don't sound that great. Like I have my office hours are like, 7 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday, and then weekends depend on my athletes. Um, but I'm like, I promise you, you will receive a better quality service because of this. Like, because it keeps me, it keeps me ahead. So I'm not playing catch up for, you know, weeks on end if I get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't keep pouring my cup out if it's not full, you know, that's why I've had to learn. I'm trying to learn that more as I've had a lot of revelations in recent time. And, um, you know, ultimately it's like, I think people fail to realize, it, it, you know, your plan was working two days ago. And if it's, if it's Thanksgiving today, like your plan will still work tomorrow. And as much as like, like obviously we've chosen this profession, you and I both have, and it's awesome. There are some downsides to it, but like, we also need time off too. You know what I mean? You, you and I both work seven days a week. Most of the year I can, I need two days off every once in a while to just like, yeah. And I, f- I feel better that way. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Bro, oh my fucking God. Listen, 
Listen, here, here's my thing. My coaching, I don't, my rates are anywhere from about 200 to $300 a month, depending on what package you choose with me. I'm not going to expect someone to invest $300 a month into me and then hand them a list of $500 a month worth of supplements to take just to get my commission from it. Like that's, that's fucked. <laughs> Mhm. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Yep. Mhm. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. I think, you know, and, and I'm, I've been sponsored by clinical for over a year now and I advise their products. It's in my introductory guide. It's like, Hey, these are the things that I would recommend, but you are not required to buy them. There are some like general health supplements that I do require. There's three of them. And, but it's like vitamin D, vitamin C and fish oil. Other than that, I'm like, it's like, those are going to make you feel better internally and do good things. And they don't cost a lot, but if we need to use something else, you know, kind of how I approach it with like even digestion is like, if someone comes to me with digestive issues, I'm giving a list of habit forming things that we can do to improve it. And if those don't work, then we'll look at supplementation. Whereas I think a lot of times coaches are using supplementation one to get their commission check and to have great sales numbers, but two to just mask lazy coaching. Cause like, I hate bro. It's like, it's using, like if I, if I gave somebody the entire clinical line on a monthly basis, it would be a joke. You know what I mean? Like, but it's not worth that to me. And that's one of the reasons why I like this company and working for you guys, because you guys also don't expect me to sell $20,000 worth of product a month, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's like you're you're not you're not paying a coach just to give you supplements, dude. Like anybody can just like be, go load up on whatever supplements they want to take. It doesn't take a lot of. To me, it's a low hanging fruit of advising and coaching. Like supplementation is like one of the last things that I give a shit about when it comes to coaching. It's like let's fix all of the things that I need to through like habit forming and digest, you know, like the plan itself. And then also if we need to, let's look at some supplementation, right? Like, you know, for me, one of the things that I do advise is the sleep aid because I love the sleep aid. It helps me a ton, but I'm not like, Hey Tyler, you need to take, you know, four caps of this with this. And that's the other thing too, is like looking at serving sizing that serving sizes that coaches advise where they're like, Hey man, I want you to take let's say the glucose disposal agent, but I want you taking three or four servings a day. Okay. Well that now that now that bottle's only going to last me 14 days, maybe. So now I'm having to double, I'm having to buy three bottles a month again and using their code. So it's like, you have to look at that too, where it's like, why do I need to take 14 servings of X, Y, and Z because it's benefiting the coach because of their discount code? Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm I yeah, I I Yeah, I I invest a majority of my money when it comes to supplementation into like the health stuff, but it's like I buy all of my stuff through NutriCost on Amazon, so it's wildly cheap. Um, and then everything else is like clinical stuff. It's not like, but it's again, it's the same application. Like I don't personally want to spend out the ass for supplements, as I've learned they aren't the end all be all. So therefore, I'm not going to advise someone else to spend out the ass for, you know, whatever it is. It's like if you can afford it, great. Like. One of the examples is my client, Drew. He was like, hey, man, just want to follow up and make sure like we aren't making any changes as far as supplements go because he takes you know three products from clinical. And for the Black Friday deal, he bought a year supply of all three of those. Yeah, and I was like, cool, great. I was like, awesome, man. Like we, I was like, and at that point, I made sure I didn't add anything else in because I don't want to like three months around, like, hey, bro, we also need to take this, 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 and this. It's like, no, these basic three work and they've worked. Let's keep using them and nothing more because we don't need to yet. Um, but the same with that, like I had a girl start with me recently named Kirsten and she, you know, we did our, I wrote her plan. We did a follow-up call and she was like, Hey, I'm just kind of worried because I have like this brand of greens powder and I have this brand of protein powder. And like, she listed them off and I'm like, those are reputable brands. Like that's fine. Use them. You paid for it. I'm not going to tell you to throw away $80 worth of protein. Like if I started with a coach and they said, throw that out, I would tell them to get fucked. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Mhm. Ja. Na. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If and that's what I'm saying is like this is like you know I've I've had a lot of people ask me recently about getting into coaching and wanting to get into it and kind of understand it as a whole. And I'm like, hey man, like give yourself like five years if this is what you want. Like I had some dude ask me, he's like, I'm in a career where he works in like analytics or something of the sort, like logistics. I I can't remember exactly, but it's like a safe, secure, well-paying job means like, should I give it up to start coaching? And I was like, fuck no. And you don't have to either, but like spend five, like if you, if today you say, you know what? I want to be a coach. Okay. That's fine. Like, first of all, learn to coach yourself, find one person and take care of them. Don't think that you don't set up a business model to scale, to be like a six figure coach in the first fucking decade that you do this. As far as I'm concerned, Um, I think people just get eager. It's like, Get into it for the right reasons, and I think ultimately that will reflect in the quality of service you provide, and that's what's going to get you clients quicker than giving out Starbucks gift cards for people to sign up for your bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's what it is, man. It's it, it's unfortunate, like we said. I think it's just what the industry is unfortunately becoming. Like I'm fortunate that I've been doing it for long enough, and I've built something that's I think is going to last. And I'm not worried about it. Like I'm not scrambling to get 20 more clients. I'm happy with the team I've got. I love them all to death, and it's like a lot of great things are coming. Whereas, like I know in in the grand scheme of things if i wanted to coach 150 people i probably could have the means to do so but i don't want to i'd rather work with like 50 people and make sure they're all taken care of the way that they deserve to be right um Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go find a meathead. Yeah, it's easy. You know, it's or go on bodybuilding.com because that's where they're going to get the plan anyways. Um, so, yeah, I, I would do it all the fucking time. I've seen it countless times, man. It's stupid, but it's the unfortunate part of this industry. And that's why we wanted to kind of talk to you guys today about like things to look at, things to avoid. Um, if you do decide that you want to make the initial investment in hiring a coach, especially coming New Year's, you know, I think a lot of people are going to come out of the woodworks this week and be coaches. So I would say avoid that shit. Um, Tyler, do you have any other words of wisdom to add? I, I will say I'm, I just don't like Christmas, so I'm not going to get it. I'm, I just, it's not my jam, but I, (laughs) I'm just going to live in my cave by myself. Um, no, um, yeah, I'm just not a big, I'm not a big Christmas guy working in jewelry kind of ruined it for me, but Okay. Okay, cool. So you guys heard it here first. Um, Welcome back, everybody. Season two has commenced. We love and appreciate all of you. Thank you all for your patience. Also, thank you all for the those who have posted us with their Spotify wrapped. That was like the coolest shit ever to me. Um, Really do appreciate it. Be sure to check us out on Spotify and Apple podcasts and leave us a five star review as now there's a one star review on both of them, which is incredible. Um, and follow us on Instagram at the real modcast or at Tyler Bedson or at CP legs. Um, reach out to us with any questions, comments, and concerns. And until next time, thank you for listening to the modcast. <laughs>